Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Healing Embodied Podcast. This is your host, Chelsea Horton. And today I have an amazing guest. Uh, this is like her first time ever doing anything like this. I'm pretty sure she's she's more of a behind the scenes gal. So I'm very excited to have Mariana Dominguez here. She is part of the Healing Embodied team. She works alongside me. She works alongside Sarah. And she's actually in the process of finishing up her training and credentials to be a dance movement therapist like me and Sarah. So really excited to have her on the podcast today. We're going to have a really rich, in-depth conversation that I think is going to be really helpful to so many people and really, really validating if there are people out there who feel maybe guilt or shame around the things that we're going to talk about today. I think this episode is going to allow you to finally meet yourself with compassion. So, so excited to have you here, Mariana. Welcome. Thank you so much, Chelsea. So grateful for being here. It's my first time doing like any interviews for a podcast. So I'm obviously nervous, but excited. And yeah, um, like you said, I've been working with Healing Embodied for, I believe, a year and a half or some something like that. But yeah, a bit about me. I'm from Mexico. I am bilingual. So I grew up in Mexico. I moved to the U.S. in 2004, approximately, to San Diego just to do my bachelor's degree in psychology. And also... I did a master's degree in health psychology in Barcelona. So I was in research for a lot of, of years until a couple of years ago, I decided that that was not the route that I wanted to take. And suddenly I started knowing more about what dance movement therapy was. I wasn't aware of this career or this path. It was just something that I just researched psychology and dance and boop there was dance movement therapy. I've always been really passionate about dance. And because I studied psychology, I'm always really, really passionate when it comes to conversations, deep conversations with people or just friends. And I'm always really, really curious to just know more about what psychology was about. So that's why I'm here right now. And yeah, just really, really happy to be here. Yeah, I think it would be fun to talk about how we met, actually, and how you ended up being on board with Healing Embodied. So I think you're going to probably tell this story best because you think you found me, right? I did. I found you. (laughs) I was in the process of doing all the research for what I needed to do to become a dance movement therapist. And I started researching all the dance movement therapists in LA. Um, 
I'm living in Los Angeles and back then Chelsea was also living in LA. So I found Chelsea and I think I found an event that you were going to be doing. It was like an intro to dance movement therapy. And I was like, well, that's the perfect thing to just go and see if I like this or what is it about? Because it was just like, what is really dance movement therapy? I really didn't know anything about it. And I was just really curious. And well, I went to this session and our beautiful Chelsea was our instructor. She was guiding the whole session. And I met her after the session and just like, I think we exchanged numbers like, hey, I'm really interested in what you're doing. I would love to maybe go for coffee with you or just hang out. But I thought it was just like, oh, this is never going to happen. We'll see what happens. And I think I even my husband now, Christian, was the one, you should send her a, a message or something. He was the one pushing me to do that. And I'm like, no, she's never going to respond. Like she has her own friends. Why would she bother coming for, <laughs> for a coffee with me? And she did. She uh, she agreed and we went for a coffee. I remember Starbucks. <laughs> I remember that too. And Little did you know that I did not have a lot of friends. I was relatively new to Los Angeles and, you know, making friends as an adult is tough. I had, you know, I made so many friends in grad school, but that's when I lived in Chicago. That's where I met Sarah. Um, we were classmates together. But then, like, when you're not in school or it's just harder to make friends. So I was happy to meet with you. And then the rest was history. And then you kept coming to like, community workshops that I would do. Um, and yeah, I think through that, you decided to move forward with the dance therapy training. So I was so excited. Yeah. After meeting you, I think I started doing all the requirements at the beginning of the requirements of what I needed to do to become a dance movement therapist. And then we became friends. We started hanging out and, uh, I think, was it when you started healing Embody that we, I mean, we always talked about like, oh, it would be amazing to work with you, but I was still doing some of the cert like requirements. So it was just too soon. And then I think a year ago was, was when you asked me to join Healing Embody. Yeah, I started Healing Embody in 2019. And this is when, yeah, we, we were pretty close at this point. I had also roped you into pole dancing. <laughs> oh. Yes. warning warning to anyone out there if you become friends with me you will get roped into the cult of pole dancing it's just mm -hmm. gonna happen I'm sorry I'm gonna force you to go and you're gonna love it and then you're gonna be hooked so I got yeah. <laughs> no yeah be careful if you hang out with Chelsea because you will love pole dance too <laughs> it goes together <laughs> yes I, even one of my friends Natalie uh anxious love coach she also has a podcast her husband got into pole dancing because of me so <laughs> oh, that's amazing i love when men get really excited about pole too <laughs> yeah i love when your husband like whips himself around the pole and just has such a fun time it's a lot of yeah fun. he does it better than me it's, it's oh terrible. i know i know it's not fair it's not fair um but yeah so then we it it was the end of 2019 we're like let's combine dance therapy and pole dance and make a pole dance therapy workshop so we had it all planned to do it in may of 2020 and we all know what happened in 2020 we all know the world shut down and so 
we had to put that dream on the back burner but yeah at the time healing embodied was still a baby and i mean i didn't even have a team at all yet at that point and then sarah was first to come on the team and then i think about a year later yeah. it was time to have another team member and it just yeah it just was the the right timing and a good fit and and then in july we finally got to do our full dance therapy workshop Yay. july of 2022 so it happened it was amazing um but yeah that's just a bit of background about mariana and her working with us um I think it also I'd love to hear because I don't know if we've actually really in depth had this conversation. I'd love to hear specifically about your draw to relationship anxiety work. And I guess this can segue into what we're going to talk about today. Like, what was it about the work I was doing specifically with relationship anxiety that spoke to you or sparked your interest? Well, first of all, I don't think I knew about relationship anxiety until a couple of years ago. It was just also a new term for me. So I think when you started explaining what you were doing at Healing Embodied, I started resonating so much with your content, your videos. And I was like, wow, like I've been dealing, I think, with relationship anxiety and I didn't even know. So I became so curious, you know, like like more stories about it, like how it was impacting your current relationship. So I think the curiosity of like understanding myself was what made me become more passionate about like knowing more and getting more involved with healing and body too. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about you and Sarah and like the three of us is that we all have personal experience with having anxiety in some form or fashion in our relationships, how anxiety has latched on to our relationships or shown up in our relationships. And the three of us, we each have a different like flavor of that anxiety. Like mine is more, mine was more like, is this the right person? Uh, am I making the right choice? It's like my fears of commitment, my fears of being wrong, um, you know, me and, and Matt's spiritual differences, that being a really big trigger. Sarah's was more like fears of her partner being attracted to other women and, you know, like kind of unworthiness, like, am I good enough? And then today we're going to unpack another flavor of relationship anxiety, which is relationship anxiety that is really rooted in trauma from past unhealthy relationships, romantic relationships. So today we're going to talk about how past trauma impacts how you show up in your current safe relationship, in your current healthy relationship. Because just because you're in a safe relationship, it doesn't mean that all of the residual pain and trauma from an unhealthy relationship, it doesn't mean that that just magically goes away. So yeah, we're really going to talk about how does past unhealthy relationships impact how we show up in a healthy relationship. So Mariana is doing something very brave and gracious today and opening herself up and sharing her experience with this. And I think it's going to 
be so, again, so validating for so many people. So yeah, Mariana, why don't you begin to paint the picture of like, what, what did it look like for you um, in your relationship with your husband? How did the, the past show up in the present? Ooh, I have so much to say about that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just a bit of history. I am with Christian while well, I'm married to Christian. And I started dating him five years, no, seven years ago, actually, 2015. Prior to meeting Christian, I was single for like five years, but my previous relationship was not a healthy relationship, was in fact an unhealthy relationship. So I was obviously wasn't aware of that until more recently after I started doing the work in healing. But when I met Christian, I was, I was really not doing well emotionally, first of all, because of my past experience. So the past experience, my past trauma in my unhealthy relationship was becoming really present in any way possible. It could be either showing up with just I was kind of dating before Christian on and off, but nothing really serious. And it would show up in all of those relationships. Uh, but it wasn't really clear until I started dating Christian that I started seeing how I was so afraid of having a healthy relationship. I didn't, I wasn't even aware of what a healthy relationship looked like. So it was difficult for me to not compare relationships or start reacting to this current relationship with Christian based on what I experienced in the past. So yeah, there's so many things that happen in the beginning of us dating that now that I think about it, I'm like, wow, like I can really now have the awareness of what really happened. But back then I was not aware of what was really happening in the moment. I was just trying to, I was feeling so much guilt of reacting certain ways and like how, why I was reacting that way if he wasn't really doing anything bad. What were some of the reactions that specifically that you would notice where you were like, wait, where is this coming from? Like, what were, what were some of those things, those behaviors or those emotional reactions that would come up? I think one of the first ones was hope, expecting the worst in the relationship. I was really expecting that this was not going to work out. And it was just something that I was like, I'm just waiting for the moment that this is going to end. So that would make me not be present in the moment of my relationship. It was just thinking of the future, like, oh, I'm pretty sure that this is going to happen. So I was already expecting the worst and I was not even enjoying the present moment, what I had in front of me. I think that was one of the big ones that I realized, like not really able to see what I had in front of me because I was just like, nope, this is just going to end soon. It's just a matter of time. Mm, yeah. Like your, your mind right, and the pain of the past, like tints your perception and your view of the person right in front of you. And it's, 
it's like it's tainted, like your your view of them and you're, you're only seeing them through this lens of, okay, well, this shitty thing happened in the past. All right, now I'm just waiting for it to happen again because that's just what happens. Yeah, exactly. I was just like trying to see and be super hyper vigilant of anything that Christian will do that would prove that that belief of mine like oh it's just a matter of time look he did that that means that he's just not going to be good for me he's just a shitty person like everyone else (laughs) so that was also a big one just like being super vigilant and trying to like confirm my beliefs like yeah I knew this we just need to prove it so anything little that he did it would mean like something bigger to me even though it's just like a little (laughs) thing it was nothing serious but I would make it so big because it was just me trying to sabotage the relationship sooner than later I was like well if this is gonna end I rather like end with it right now instead of waiting couple of years where I'm more in love and then it hurts more so I was trying to avoid pain at all costs because I didn't trust in myself to tolerate pain at all oh I got chills I got chills I think that's something so many of the people we work with say like it would be better if I just know now if this is going to end than for it to hurt more down the road as I I don't want to open my heart anymore if this is just going to hurt me. And like you said, the mind, this happens unconsciously. It's looking for evidence to confirm the subconscious beliefs that you have about relationships. And if you learn relationships hurt like hell, then your mind is always going to be looking to confirm your beliefs. And so it will amplify normal relationship challenges or amplify Christian's flaws or quirks and, and kind of twist it and distort it and amplify it and say, see, this, this is the evidence to confirm that everyone's shit. I can't trust anyone and relationships are going to lead to pain. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it felt like I was just building an imaginary wall in front of me because I, I didn't know how to start being open in my relationship or feel vulnerable with Christian in the beginning. That's why I would rather be behind that wall and just like, oh, I better close myself because if I open a bit myself and I get hurt, well, there's a risk of getting hurt. There's a risk of me feeling pain. So it was just better to keep myself a bit behind this wall and not really open myself to love. It was just easier to just maintain myself secure in that place. It it was just more like a safe place for me, even though it was not a place that I really wanted to be there. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. We we built. I love that that imagery. This imaginary wall that we build for ourselves, and I imagine that if you hadn't fully yet processed the pain from that past relationship, that the the thought of the possibility of re-experiencing that pain was probably just so unbearable that it's just better to keep yourself closed, close your heart than to even think about re-experiencing that pain because I imagine like you hadn't really fully dealt with it yet and, and kind of cleared that from the system. 
so yeah how you want to speak to that more like the the closing your heart and not wanting to re-experience that pain yeah I mean I believe that in that moment that was what I knew how to do I really didn't know how to process emotions and I think the best way for me to process something was to shut down and avoid it and not have to deal with it because it was easier that was I mean I wasn't taught like oh connect to your body like process the sensations in the body not in that moment I didn't really know what to do with it so this was my best way of like going through this I believe and yeah it was just any conflict that Christian and I would have it would also be so big for me any type of conflict would be so amplified for me it would be like oh we're falling apart like this means that it's just going to end I wasn't aware of like no relationships have conflict and they can have healthy conflict and it's still okay I was just behaving because of my past trauma of what I lived in the past and it was just trying I was just trying to really survive in that sense I was not even enjoying the relationship and it was really sad because I was more like trying to control everything so I didn't get hurt instead instead of just enjoying what I had in front of me and just live in the present moment Mm. yeah I I really love what you said about like that wall and that protective mechanism like being the only thing that was accessible to you at that time like that was the only thing that really was your nervous system and your body doing its best with what it knew how to do and for anyone out there who has been feeling guilt or shame for the way you've been reacting or avoiding or pulling away like take a moment to acknowledge that this might be the only thing that your body currently knows how to do and it's doing its best and it's doing that to protect you because it loves you right it doesn't want to see you go through that pain again and and so many of us are not taught what to do with pain or what to do with our emotions and so sometimes the only thing we know how to do is to shut down or is to pull away or lash out until we learn how to do something else and um yeah conflict in particular it conflict in a healthy relationship is challenging right it's challenging enough as it is conflict and then layer on past trauma anxiety protective mechanisms and conflict feels all the more difficult so I'd actually love to hear more about how you experience conflict and and what happened for you in conflict and relationship oh conflict for me has been really intense because um whenever me and christian are dealing with conflict my protective mechanism is to try to defend myself and I try to defend myself as if Christian was attacking me, which he's not. (laughs) He's just maybe having an argument with me. But my first reaction, my body reaction is like, I need to fight him back. (laughs) I need to really fight him back because I didn't learn how to set the boundaries in my past relationship. 
I didn't learn how to set the boundaries. So now it's just like, I'm trying to set all the boundaries from the past in my present relationship. And it's when, when there's like a small argument, I create a reactive big argument because my body is just trying to defend itself. Like if I was in a war or something, <laughs> trying to fight back. And that has been showing up a lot through the years. Um, I've been more conscious and more aware by doing obviously the healing work and connecting more to my sensations and stepping back when I'm feeling that reaction in my body, instead of going all the way to my default pattern and just explode. It's been much, much more, um, it's, it has decreased my reactions. It's still there. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm still dealing with it, but it's just has been improving much more than, than a couple of years ago too. Yeah. It's a process to teach your body to feel safe with something that it once felt so threatened with. And something you said really stuck out to me and it was my body wants to defend itself because it never learned how to set boundaries in that past healthy relationship. And it's um, bringing up something I said on, on my Instagram in an Instagram live of in past relationships where you don't, where you feel that you don't have any power, there's a, you know, a power dynamic where one partner has all the power and there's a bit of controlling and maybe some manipulating and you you perceive yourself to be powerless in this relationship. When we go from a relationship where we feel powerless and we go into a safe relationship and where there is mutual power, mutual respect, sometimes we then do all the things we never got to do in that past relationship when we felt powerless. Now that we feel safe enough, now that we do sense that we have some power, Sometimes it's like this overcompensation of I never got to say this thing or do this thing in the past because I felt powerless. And now your body's like, I'm going to do it all. So that was really powerful. Like I never got to set boundaries because you probably felt powerless. And so now it's showing up as defensiveness. You want to speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Like unconsciously, I think you are in that place. You go back to that past relationship, but you're unaware of that. You're just acting like you were in that place. And it's so funny how when you start becoming aware of it, you're able to catch yourself like, oh, wait, I'm not there anymore. This is not my ex. This is my, like my husband. They're different people, but it takes a lot of work to really catch yourself, become aware of like, oh. I can do something right now. I don't have to go to that default pattern that I used to go all the time. I, but yeah, it takes time. Sometimes I'm able to do it. Sometimes it's just the reaction is so intense that I just go through it. And what happens afterwards is like, I do feel a lot of shame and guilt. I do feel a lot of shame and guilt that I'm reacting that way because after the activation, obviously my body just feels that the activation is decreasing and then you you can logically understand what happened and 
I also realized that I was also lacking compassionate towards self and not understanding like, oh, I'm acting like that because of the past trauma. I didn't have an explanation of why I was acting that way. So there was a lot of heaviness in how I felt, a lot of disappointment in myself, like what's wrong with me? Why can I just be nicer? Why do I have to feel I need to fight back? It was just it didn't click back then. It didn't really click why. And I think through this years and through the work, I've been able to be more compassionate towards myself and not feel so guilty when this happens. Uh, the contrary, now I have the language, the communication to express this to Christian and Christian knows. And now I'm able to also catch myself more because I've been practicing much more, like what to do when this happens, not just in my activation state, but where I, when I'm also feeling calm, I also practice what to do because then my body is retraining itself to know what other paths are there. Mm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people might believe that their reactions are like a moral failing like yeah. you said how you would go into this cycle of guilt and shame of like what's wrong with me but then once you understood where this pattern was coming from it's like oh of course like there's this part of me who was really really hurt and mistreated and she's feeling all that fear and so once i understand that i can have compassion and with the compassion decreases shame and when we don't have shame we're able to look at it and address it and approach it with curiosity and through curiosity we can create new patterns and so just that piece in itself I think people don't understand just how powerful that is like being able to have compassion and understanding which allows you to open yourself up to create new patterns from a place of love and compassion instead of shaming yourself and judging yourself and thinking, I've got to stop, I've got to stop, I've got to stop. And like whipping yourself for, you know, being so bad and being such a bad partner. You you have the compassion and the curiosity to go, okay, whoa, wow, this is where this is coming from. Of course. Okay. How can I now teach myself that the past is in the past and that I'm safe now? What can I do in my body to bring myself into that place of safety. So I, I'd love to hear like, what are, were some of the, the key things that you had to learn and practice to start teaching your body that you are safe now in this relationship? I think, um, first of all was building self-awareness. I think that was the, the first thing like, okay, what is happening? It was just becoming aware of when I was activated. It was just like, oh, okay, this is happening. It's not because I'm really upset of Christian is because there's an activation from past trauma happening. So some of the times what it helped me do a lot was not continue that argument in that moment. Not that I wanted just to cut off or just like, oh, this is not important. I need to go somewhere else. But Christian, I had to communicate this with Christian that sometimes when we're in the middle of an argument and I feel like I I'm getting really activated. We need to pause. We need to just take time for me to go back from 100 to 50 at least, or because that's how I went up really quick. So I needed to step out of that argument, take the time to really 
understand the sensations and just go into the sensations of anger in my body because there was so much anger. There was so much just like, this is not fair. Like this feeling of like someone's attacking me or someone will do something bad to me. So I needed just to step back, really focus on the sensations that helped me a lot and take the time with the sensations because sometimes we we try to snap out of certain sensations that are uncomfortable and it makes it worse. It makes it worse because you're not giving the time for that sensation to really process and your, or just go through your body. So in the beginning was not really helpful because what I was trying to do, it was like, okay, snap out of it. Okay. I'm angry. Okay. Let's, let's move on. What's next. I don't have to, I don't want to be in an uncomfortable sensation. So I would try to quickly snap out of it and that would just make it worse so I started learning how to just take the time that I needed to stay with any sensation that I was feeling even though it was uncomfortable and be with that sensation not control it or not try to pressure it just be with it I think that was a big one for me that I learned how to just like some days is going to take longer than others but just listen to your body to see what it needs that day And that in itself is so healing because when we're in unhealthy relationships in the past, that person is not giving us the patience. They're not giving us the space to do what we need to do. They are pressuring, they are controlling. And sometimes we end up doing the very things that our abusers did or the very things that our past exes did. We do those things to ourselves, to our own emotions. We pressure ourselves. We snap out of it. We invalidate ourselves. We're not patient with ourselves. We're not loving and compassionate toward ourselves. So just that in itself, giving yourself the space and the time to tend to what was coming up, that in itself is a reparative and a healing experience because we're no longer internalizing the abusive, harmful patterns that were once done to us. And our relationship with ourself and our relationship with our own emotions is what spills out into our relationship. So I imagine as you were able to meet yourself with more patience and understanding and compassion, that you were able to show up in the relationship with more of that. Yeah, totally. Because it was once I started becoming more compassionate towards myself, then I started becoming more compassionate to my my partner, Christian, like I started understanding like, okay, maybe those little things that I don't like about him are not that big. He's a human being like me. Like you start also understanding that we are both human. We're not perfect. And sometimes when you're so hard on yourself and so perfectionist about every little thing or trying to control everything, that's how you start reflecting it to your person that is closest to you. So I was trying to do that with him. I was so impatient, like everything had to be this way. If it was different, it was, it was wrong. So being compassionate towards myself and having more grace definitely started reflecting more in my relationship. Mm, But that's so, it's so powerful. And it just, the relationship that we have to ourselves, that we have with our emotions is just mirrored back in how we relate to our partners. I, I like to say that everything in our existence is in relationship. 
We are in relationship with our emotions. We are in relationship with ourselves. We are in relationship with with one another, with other people. And the way that we relate in one area of life is probably the way that we relate in other areas. The way you relate to yourself is the way you're going to relate to other people. The way you relate to other people is probably the way you're going to relate to yourself. So it sounded like the, the internal shift you made just naturally had an impact on how you related to the person outside of you. And yeah. I love the piece of like, just being able to embrace humanity. Like we're both human. <laughs> like we can, we can mess up, we can be imperfect and, and we can have a, create a culture and an environment in the relationship of grace and understanding. Yeah. I think, I mean, it took a lot of work to really get to that place and I'm it's still a work in progress. I'm not going to say I'm completely healed because that would be a lie. <laughs> I mean, once I even, this is a funny story, actually. Once I even listed all Christian's flaws <laughs> to him, just in hopes he would leave me like, and he was like, I was trying to therapize him and telling him everything that he, like all his flaws just by me, like, oh, if I do this, then he's just going to notice that I'm not good enough that he should leave me. And this would be just so much easier. So it was just like the things you would do just because you were trying to maintain yourself safe. It was just, it was just intense. And it was just like, right now, I don't see it as that bad like I saw it before I'm more compassionate about why I was doing that and that Mariana in the past was just trying to defend herself I'm not that I'm excusing the behavior either but it was just part of like not understanding myself and not understanding my needs and now not understanding how to communicate that to my partner either yeah it's it, it it's very the the defense mechanisms and the protective mechanisms are very creative right <laughs> they're very creative and they're very sneaky it's like i want to keep myself safe so that means i have to keep you at arm's length so what do i need to do to push you away how about i list all of your flaws and then i will be able to stay safe because you that will push you away and again, this is all happening unconsciously. Like no one wakes up and they're like, I'm going to push my partner away by telling them everything that's wrong with them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not something you would want to do or anything. In the moment, you don't not even, you're so activated that you're like, can't stop. It's You can't really stop yourself because you're in that hundred <laughs> activation. So it's a matter of understanding like, oh, when I'm in that hundred, what can I do in that moment to decrease myself or that activation or my nerve, regulate a bit more of my nervous system. So it takes baby steps. It just takes really baby steps to go from one, like your activation state to feeling safe again. And, and like I said, I think before, like what helped me a lot was doing it not when I was activated, when I was actually feeling super calm. I yeah. started practicing what to do. And I think when I was in that activation state, then it was easier to implement it in that moment. Yeah. It's like when you're at a hundred, it's like a train at full speed. Like it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> like, that train is, is going, but yeah, when, no. 
when I like when you met, like how you mentioned like practicing it when you're not at full speed, when you haven't reached that 100 mile an hour activation state, practicing it when you are more calm, when you do have a bit more sense of internal control and stability, practicing it then and like building the muscle memory of like, okay, when this happens, I have a plan. I have taught my body how to do this thing. I've created these internal resources for myself so that when I feel that that speed, when I feel myself going from a 20 to a 30 to a 40, to, like I can actually intervene before it gets to that place where I lose all control and lose all rational thinking. Yeah, I think that's the word, intervene, <laughs> my activation. <laughs> I've been really learning how to do that when it's going into 20, 30s, instead of being in 100 where I can't do anything about it. So I've been able to become more aware of what to do when that happens. But yeah, I mean, it's still hard. It's still challenging, but it just take takes a lot of practice, a lot of practice and not giving up, you know, like sometimes there's days that, yeah, you're going to go through that activation and it's okay. Like also when that happens, not feeling so much guilt over one time that, okay, maybe you went into your default pattern. It's okay. It's part of it. It's part of healing. Yeah. It's that whole like healing is not linear. And, you know, in, in our philosophy, I say like healing is like a loop-de-loop -loop squiggle. Like sometimes we're we're making progress, we're moving forward, and then we kind of go backwards and make a loop-de-loop. -loop, and we're like, oh no, I, oh, I did the thing that I'm not supposed to do. It's like, no, that's that's part of the process because when you go back into an old pattern, you now have all this new awareness that you can bring to it this next time. And you can integrate what you've learned more deeply in, in those moments of intense activation. And then you keep moving forward, you keep progressing. And guess what? You're going to go back into an old pattern again. And guess what? That's another opportunity to deepen and integrate what you've been learning up until that point. And and to not see it as a, a moral failing or that you're you're messing up or that you're back at square one, you're never back at square one. I always say like a tree cannot become a seed again. Once you've started growing, you, you can't go back to square one. You can't go back to being a seed. And so to just acknowledge that the process of unlearning all of our protective patterns, like it's a messy, nonlinear process and there are so many factors that influence go like our our regression like if you have a day where you feel like you regress look at all the factors that were around you that day how was your sleep what's going on in your life what are your stressors like even where are you in your hormonal cycle like there are so many things that can influence um going going back into that loop-de-loop -loop. and so just to to normalize and and to to see it as, as so human for us to regress back to familiar patterns because that's what it is it's familiar and it's really hard to do the unfamiliar new pattern when we're really really stressed or when we're feeling really really vulnerable maybe more than normal and so we're in those moments we're often going to go back to a more familiar pattern until the new pattern feels so, so familiar that it's like second nature. Yeah, I think that's something that it took time for me to, to really 
sit with it. Like when I would get activated again after doing the work, it would be like, oh, what happened? I thought I knew what to do. I like you start judging yourself so much, like, oh, I need that expectation that you need to be like more advanced in your healing path. That's something that it took time for me to realize. Like, no, you're still progressing is just like yeah you're gonna sometimes go back but now like you said Chelsea you have new tools you have new learnings it's not like before you're not going to square one you're just regressing on a point where you're still healing and you're still going forward yeah yeah it's it's not the same we we like to say like oh it's I responded in the exact same way I did a year ago look at it again it's it's not exactly the same. Yes, you may have gone backwards in your squiggle, backwards in your loop, but it is not the exact same way that you responded a couple months ago, a year ago. It can't be. There is something different each time you, I don't even like the word relapse, but each time you go back, look at what was slightly different this time. What, what, new awareness did I have this time that I didn't have last year and that I think that in itself helps us to decrease the the shame and the judgment of like let's actually look at this let's look at Chelsea a year ago let's look at Mariana a year ago it was not the same it was not the same because we it's when you are in our own subjective experience it's hard to really see how much growth we've actually gone through yeah, definitely. We're not the same. It's just, it, it it's difficult to look back and see like, wow, look at all this progress I made. It's easier not to look back and just be, oh, what am I failing now? What I'm not accomplishing now? Instead of seeing like, no, you've accomplished so much. It's just like, yeah, you're, no, you're a human being. <laughs> it's normal. But we focus so much on what we're not accomplishing versus what we have accomplished. So, but I think with practice and just becoming aware of what's happening, that becomes much easier, much, much easier. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I love that. We we focus on what we're not accomplishing versus what we have accomplished. So I think that's really encouraging and empowering for people to hear that, like literally stop and recognize what a badass you are and how much you have progressed and how much you have learned and evolved and don't minimize that we tend to minimize that in those moments where we go back a bit we just minimize all the work and don't do that to yourself don't minimize yourself Uh (laughs) yeah we forget to celebrate ourselves even with the small shifts we expect to have a big shift. And if we don't have a big shift, then we're like, oh, I don't deserve being celebrated. But you should celebrate yourself for any little shift. Even if it's little, it's still a shift. So I think it's a it's a good reminder for everyone. Like you are doing the work, you are doing the best you can, and that should be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say that the little shifts are what make up the big shifts over time. Like in the moment, it feels so small and, and minuscule, but in a year from now, you're going to look back and be like, whoa, that was actually a really, like, look at this big shift I've made from now to, you know, last year. It feels small in those moments. And that's, I love 
you know, that you said to just celebrate even those small ships because they're going to add up to yeah. create bigger ships over time. And, and that's really what this work is about. It's creating these small, sustainable ships, unlearning trauma responses, unlearning anxiety, unlearning defense mechanisms. It is not an overnight process and we have to be gentle and and realistic we have to be realistic like it's it's gonna take consistency and practice to teach your body that it's safe to let the wall down yeah yeah and I think that's one of the reasons why I was so passionate about this this career dance movement therapy and also working with you Chelsea healing embodied is because whatever I'm doing for myself, all the work also that I'm implementing, the progress I am doing, I want to reflect it to others. I want to help others that are dealing with the same things that we're dealing so they don't feel alone. They feel supported and they feel like, hey, it's a, it, we are a lot of us <laughs> that are dealing with it. You're not the only one. You're not the exception. We're here to support you. And if we can support other people with how we are supporting ourselves I think that's the best gift it so is oh I love that so much I love that so much I think that's a really beautiful place for us to end today and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself and so much of your experience and I hope anyone who's listening that you just feel this wave of compassion and newfound insight for yourself and your patterns and to recognize that if you've been hurt in relationships in the past feeling safe in the present moment is a process and and it's going to take time and be gentle be gentle be gentle be gentle with yourself and mariana is a beautiful living testament to the slow daily subtle shifts that make up the big shifts over time so thank you so much for being here Mariana. i love uh, having you thank you so much for having me i really really feel so thankful for being here it's my first interview and i feel so so lucky to be working with you chelsea so i love you so much i hope this everyone enjoys this episode and yeah we're here to support you and you got this Yes. And if this episode spoke to you, and if there's someone out there that you think could really benefit from this episode, share this episode with them. So many of us, more people than I think we realize are still carrying the pain and trauma from past relationships and having a hard time in relationships today. So if this episode spoke to you, share it, share it with someone that you think could really benefit from it. And Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in and we can't wait to chat with you next time.